Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. <laughs> This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And good morning, Birds fans. Oh, the countdown is on. The countdown is real. Football is just around the corner. Just three days for the start of the Eagle season. I'm pumped about it. Johnny Mac's pumped about it. I'm not sure that Jason Kelsey is pumped about it. But yeah, we'll- that's. I love Jason Kelsey, by the way, uh, because I'm with him on last night, Jody. I, I, I do the night show with Tone, our producer, and, you know, these expectations are wacky, and I'm glad Jason Kelsey went out there with the expletives because he, he needed to do that. He needed to give everybody sort of that Jason Kelsey. Because everybody, nobody listens to me. Everybody listens to Jason Kelsey. So thank you, Jason. And that is Jason Kel- Kelsey's want. That is uh, the way that he does look at it, should look at it. I got bad news for you, Jason. Everybody else is going to handle it differently. You you can't depict others' expectations for them. You can put yours in the perspective you think they need to be. More power to you, big guy. But everybody's going to have their own way of handling expectations. His are a little more important than yours or mine because he's actually going to have an impact on the outcome of Eagle Games played this year. Neither you nor I nor anybody streaming into us right now is but it doesn't change the... Uh, no, it, it, it doesn't, but I think Jason's more concerned about people in that locker room buying into the hype. I think that's what he's talking about. I mean, he knows he can't control people's expectations, but when you start to hear uh, some of the some of the things, and I, I, I mentioned yesterday with Tone, I'm hearing, I'm hearing Pro Bowl predictions for C.J. Gardner-Johnson and Geyser White. We had it on the show with Seth Jr. I mean, come on. I, you know, I, he's an improvement. 
but I mean, that's unrealistic. Um, and it, it, I th that's what Jason's talking about. Jason's worried about his own locker room and he knows certain guys. And luckily one of them is the quarterback. You're, you're typically worried more about younger players than Jason Lane, Johnson, Fletcher Cox, Brandon. They know, they know, they know it doesn't mean anything. Uh, but you're worried about younger players getting smoke blown up there. You know what? And sometimes they start buying into the little hype. It can go in the negative direction. Again, luckily, the quarterback isn't like that. The quarterback's used to larger expectations than this because he played at Alabama and Oklahoma where a loss is a national tragedy. So right. um, he he understands it. And he, again, you know, he was asked about Jason's comments. And he, again, went straight to rat poison. And he always said, Rat poison can be bad, it can be good. And right now it's good. The rat poison is good. In other words, people are are being a little bit unrealistic and, and pumping up this team up to, you know, a, a pretty ludicrous degree at this point. And that can be just as 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 bad as as people being really, really negative that people really focus on. Typically you hear rat poison, you think it's negative. In Alabama, it's usually positive. Oh, you're great. You're this, you're that, you're that. So he's used to both ends of it. And that's a really good part of it because he's a really young quarterback, really young player. But we know Jalen Hurts has got kind of, I always say he's got kind of an old soul. He's like, he's like a 35-year-old man in a 24-year-old's body. So um, that part of it's good. Well, yeah, I love Jason Kelsey. I love, I love him. Most of Philadelphia does, uh, but it would be the question I have. And I think some of what Jason did yesterday is because Jason hasn't been able to be out there on the field. I think it bothers him that he hasn't been able to be out there in what limited work the Eagles have done uh, to be part of it, to be able to lead by example, by the way you play on the field, which is the biggest leading you can do leading by cursing through members of the media. I, if he thinks that's going to work for him, if he thinks that's going to get in the head of some of the younger Philadelphia Eagles, more power to him. I hope it does, but I hope that he also, and I have a lot of confidence in this, that he's going to be able to do it himself face-to-face -face, with the guys when they're in the room, when they're getting changed, when they're working out, when they're practicing, when they're on the plane to Detroit. I hope he can do a lot of the same things that it seemed that he was doing through the media yesterday. I think he's smart. He even said at the very end, I hope it goes viral uh, because it's a different generation, even from Jason coming in and, and especially through the pandemic. Yesterday was the first time we were in the locker room since January 6, 2019. <laughs> and, you know, you got a whole group of players who didn't know we were allowed in the locker room, who aren't used to dealing with any of that, who aren't used to dealing with their own teammates who were doing it virtually at times there. Um, it's become a different world and everybody lives, especially younger people, everybody lives through their phones and everybody does things that way. And he's hoping they see the clip and it goes viral and, uh, it probably will at least locally. Um, I, I think he's smart, but I, as far as the on the field, well, you know, he's doing that. You, you know, he's doing the on the field stuff. You know, he's not afraid to to tell people. He just knows that maybe it doesn't that doesn't land the way it used to land. And and I think I think he's brilliant. 
and the fact that he tries to create these little moments um, and it gives you an indication. Now, Jason's made so much money, he probably doesn't want to go into coaching, but if he ever want, want, wanted to go into coaching, he'd be a great coach. He'd be a great coach. He understands you got to change things. You got to, you got to go about things different way for different groups of people. And I think, I think, you know, there's, (laughs) I'm tired of giving (laughs) accolades to Jason Kelsey, but it's, it's tough not to, I mean, he's, he's great. He's great on the field. He's great off the field. Uh, He's great in, in sort of a motivational way. Uh, He's great in a leadership way. You know, when they, when they voted for, for captains, I forget who said it. You know, you know the quarterback's going to be a captain um, for the most part, um, unless he's a rookie, first-time starter, something like that. Uh, then, then maybe Which, not. Which, by the way, was Hertz a captain last year? Yes, yes, he yeah. was a captain last year. Um, but he's a little bit different because he is a leader. You know, it's you know typically even if you're not a leader is what I'm trying to say. They're going to make you a captain as a quarterback. The coach, if he, even if he has to, is going to make you a captain unless it's a rookie first-year guy. And then they're like, that's oh, a rookie. It's a first-year guy. Um, but Jalen is a is a natural leader anyway. In the in the case of Kelsey, I'm trying to remember the player. It was Jordan, Jordan Mylotta. And he was like, of course Kelsey's a captain. I mean, there's no, you know, I don't know the voting, but if it wasn't unanimous – I, I think Jason Babbin snuck in the locker room because that seems to be the only person who doesn't like Jason Kelsey. Um, so, you know, it, it, it is what it is. And the one of the worst kept secrets was uh, actually revealed yesterday. Oh, Jason Kelsey's going to start week one. I think 99.9, about as unanimous uh, as Jason Kelsey for captain would be, was the knowledge that he was going to be ready to go for week one. Even if he wasn't actually going to be ready to go for week one, oh, he's going to be ready to go for week number one. Uh, so he was full practice, full participant yesterday. And yes, he will be the starting center when the Eagles take the field against the Detroit Lions, which is now just three days away. And we're going to get a Lion perspective uh, a little later in the show. Tim Twentyman, who covers the Lions for DetroitLions.com. I had Timmy on my national radio show do my Lions preview for me. Uh, it's got a great grasp of what's going on with the Lions. He's going to jump aboard in uh, hour number two. And my bud, Glennie Macnow, is going to join us coming up in about 10 minutes from now. The Oso Eagles pregame show on their radio network, their flagship station, WIP. And we're going to get, sorry, Jason Kelsey, his expectations of this upcoming season. Because despite Jason not wanting to talk about it and worrying his teammates are getting a little too high on themselves and what members of the media and or Eagle Nations are starting to say, that's what they, they're going to do it in the 31 other cities in the National Football League too, Jace. This is not just a Philly thing. This is a National Football League thing. Everybody's got expectations before the season starts. Oh, everybody's expected to win. And Detroit's a three-win team, right? And they're going to have expectations. But what he he's honing down on, um, you know, Nine and eight team going to the Super Bowl. I think my co-host bet on the Eagles to go to the Super that Bowl. That would be correct. Um, he's he's boiling down on, you know, it, the Pro Bowl. According to some people, is going to be the AFC versus the Eagles, but it can't be the AFC versus the Eagles because the Eagles will be in the Super Bowl, so they'll have to scratch all their. 
Pro Bowl players, but uh, they're not going to have to name anybody from any other team. It, he he's just talking about the un, unrealistic expectation, um, the or or the skipping steps part of it. Because the hope is, as he said, the hope is we make the Super Bowl. Obviously, that's the goal. Obviously, that's what he wants to do. And maybe the ceiling is there, but you know you got to work every day. That's all he's trying to say. It, it, nobody's nobody's granting you a, play, a, a a Super Bowl spot. You either go out and earn it, or you're not going to make the Super Bowl. That's all Jason Kelsey's trying to say. But yeah, there's expectations in in every city, and probably unrealistic expectations in every city. Uh, but you know you've right, been so, around. So, a, so a, what, what a, is Jason getting at? Because if, if it's 32 for 32 in the National Football League, that there are expectations and more often than not, if not 32 for 32, overly optimistic expectations. What's the big at least, deal? At least very early. Well, the big deal is because you've been, Jason's been around for a long time. You've been around longer than him covering this football team. You know the difference from year to year to year. It's always a little bit more than it should be. But And Jason said a couple weeks ago to us, the media, he said, every time you guys say we're going to be good, we stink. And every time you guys say we're going to stink, we're good. Um, and he said that a couple weeks ago. So it does vary, Jody. It does. It, there, there is a scale. And the scale seems to be where I'm here, – here's how I judge it. Because I get killed for being a hater for picking this team to win eleven games and win in the NFC East. That's that little, to me that's a little short of hating, Johnny Mac. Yes, I'll, I'll agree with you there. Yeah, that to me tells tells me personally that the, the scale is tipped a little bit too far in one way, and I think that's what Jason's talking about. He's not talking about expectations. Everybody has expectations. You shouldn't be playing if you don't have expectations. He's talking about that kind of. And he's seen it before, you know, he's seen it before and things went in a negative direction. He's trying to, to, to bend that off as the best that he can as a team leader. And to be honest, he probably can't, but he's out there trying. So, you know, I give him credit for that. Well, as I said, everybody's got their own individual expectations and there are some people in this town, uh, fans, media members, even players whose expectations are predictable because they're always the same. Eagles going to win the Super Bowl every single year. Well, then, you know, you, you smile and you laugh and you move on from that because it has nothing to do with the realistic hopes of the team and or analysis of what kind of roster they have or their coaching staff or their quarterback. No, they just, because they're the Eagles, they're supposed to win the Super Bowl every single year. So you move on from that pretty quickly. I think high expectations for this team are not outrageous this year. I really do believe that. And in part, that's because there isn't any other real world beater in the NFC this year. I that That's my analysis. If that makes me a rah-rah, get the eagle colored blinders off, Jody Mack, I, I'm going to fight that. I'm going to refute that. I just don't love anybody else in the NFC. So well, if not it, the it, Eagles, then who? I, I, you know, the Eagles could, you know, maybe, as I said, maybe that ceiling is there because of the NFC. Um, but, you know, that's where you, I think 11 wins in an NFC East title is high expectations. It is very high expectations. Um, so maybe that's where we kind of dip her. 
I, you know, the ceilings there, the ceiling uh, for this team to, to maybe catch a bolt of lightning is, is potentially there. Um, but that's the ceiling. The floor exists too. And what's the floor? You know, the floor is injuries. If well, they, the floor is always injuries. In, if a couple of key guys get injured, their season could be spit out of luck real fast. Yeah, the, well, the floor is always injuries in in the NFL. If you get every team, if you get the wrong injuries at the wrong positions at the right times, you're in trouble. Um, and that's that's every NFL team. But what what? Just for sake of argument, and I see Glenn's in the in the green room, so we got to get the break. But I'll just throw this to you before the break. What's the floor if they're relatively healthy? In other words, what's the floor if they're just not as good as most people think they are? Uh, but their their players play. What's that floor? I think that floor is still pretty good. Yeah, I think. But it's I 10, think it's, I think it's ten wins. I think it. Yeah, I think it's nine, ten wins. I do think. You know, I, I I do think, you know, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, yeah, he's better than what they had, and that'll probably really help him as the season goes on. I'm not sure it's going to help him early. Um, Kaiser White, better than what they had. But, you know, forget about the Chargers. There were 30 other teams that could have signed Kaiser White or could have, you know, done the opportunity, got the contract he got. He's better than what the Eagles had. You know I'm a big T.J. Edwards fan. Well, what if TJ? What if I'm wrong and everybody else is right, and TJ can't run and TJ can't co- cover anybody? Um, Marcus Epps, people act like he's a he's a constant now. He's a foundation. Jonathan Gannon went through I think 15 questions the other. He didn't get one question about Marcus Epps because nobody questions Marcus Epps. But I'm like, and I Epps he's another guy I like personally. I, you know, it would it be would it stun you? If he didn't perform up to no, not uh, enough of a track record to say it, you're right. There are a couple guys like that on this roster, but uh, yeah, maybe I'm I'm looking at the glasses half full here to start the year, but I'm not having it overflow where I think that I'm oh, uh, looking at a team that's eight, nine, nine, and eight, and going, "Oh my God, they're going to win 13 games." That's outrageous, and uh, I I think those that are going to those levels that Jason Kelsey may have been referring to yesterday are, are uh, not all that great. Uh, I, I think Jason did it for a purpose more than he really believes that the, the expectations are not uh, overstated here in Philadelphia. All right, Jody McDonald and John McMullen, we're going to add another Mac to the mix. Glenn Mac now hosts of the Eagles pregame show on their uh, radio network. And their flagship station, WIP, is going to jump aboard with us next. What are the MacMan's expectations? My wife was in an accident that changed our lives forever. She was in rehabilitation for years. She had to learn to walk again. She couldn't take care of herself. We couldn't afford a nurse. We were running out of options. One conversation with Pond Lee Hockey changed everything. They understood what we were going through and immediately helped us navigate the legal process. We can't thank them enough. Pond Lee Hockey, tell us your story. Go for the pulls and the pools. Go for the oohs and the ahs. Go for the bubbles 
and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. It's the number one news at 10 p.m. Action news on PHL 17. Join Shari Williams, Gray Hall, Deuces Rogers, and meteorologist Adam Joseph for all the big stories at a time that's right for you. Action news at 10 p.m. on PHL 17. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say... But as I always say... It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. John McMullen and Glenn Mack now. So we got three Macs in attendance to talk about the start of the season being just three days away. Glenn, I don't know about you. I think Jason Kelly was talking directly to me yesterday when he said, bleep expectations. We just need to be ready for the season because I picked the Eagles to go to the Super Bowl this year. Was he talking about you two? Uh, Super Bowl, uh, best case uh, situation. I am not predicting Super Bowl as you are, and I admire you, Jody. You are driving more bandwagons these days than the head of an Uber company. But um, I think they are a team that's going to go 12 and 5. And I heard you guys right before I went to break. Obviously, the one thing you always throw in the NFL is injuries, which can kill a team. But if they stay relatively healthy, 12 and 5, win the division, host a home game win at least one playoff game. That's my expectation. And that's not a bad one. I got 11 wins in an NFC's title, Glenn, but um, evidently I'm a hater because that is <laughs> low expectations. Um, what? So I was talking, uh, you probably heard us talking there. What do you, If they stay relatively healthy and there's not these massive injuries, because that can affect every NFL team, as you mentioned, what do you think the floor is for this team? If things don't work out, well how 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 negative could it go oh i think the floor is still seven wins uh i think i i and i and i know we'll discuss the specifics i think that if the defensive coordinator is not good 
and I don't know if he's good. And all of these parts that they brought in don't mesh on defense. Um, and if Hertz doesn't develop, as I hope and believe he will, they could still be an under 500 team. I think the floor is still, you know, it's still, it's still down low. Um, yeah, that's a little pessimistic for me, but that's okay. That's yours, Mac. But that's, um, but that's not what I'm predicting. I'm just no, no, no. right. Yeah. He's just no, saying just, it could, yeah. could be worst case scenario. Yeah. Well, shit. Maybe they could only win five games. If you want to go the worst of the worst case scenario, none of us really know. That's why we do shows like this is to, to generate some fun opinions. Um, but I, I hear you on Gannon. A couple of things that the Eagles didn't do last year was create turnovers. The biggest knock against you, Gannon, we had Seth Joyner on the other day, needs to be more aggressive, not aggressive enough. That is almost always tied to blitzing. You're aggressive if you blitz which is there's something to it, but it's not the be all end all getting turnovers usually shows aggression. And the Eagles were one of the worst in the national football league last year at creating turnovers. Do you think Gannon will find a way? It's very difficult to game plan turnovers. Yeah. Right. Right down on a piece of paper. Let's get turnovers. It doesn't, doesn't really work that way, but will the Eagles be a team that will be able to cause more turnovers this year? Before I answer that, I just want to digress and say, I got to get myself a new background because I'm looking at you two guys yeah. there living large. Yeah. I'm sitting on the here beach. in my office at home. Early. Bare it's a nice wall. day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think that uh, blitzing helps, and I, I think he will blitz more. I think that most of turnovers, as any coach will tell you, comes from pressure. And you'd like to believe they can get pressure from their front line without too much blitzing. I think they'll be better at it i think we're going to have to see some things brandon graham is he going to come back healthy fletcher cox does he rebound and give you one more good year is josh sweat going to develop as they paid him to and how does hassan reddick fit the scheme if the answer to three of those fours turns out to be positive you're going to get the pass rush you didn't get last year and then you will get those turnovers yeah reddick is 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 the guy to me, Glenn, because for a couple of reasons. One, we've been talking about expectations. So the expectations for him are going to be huge because of the contract, because he comes in, you know, Temple guy, Philly native coming home, um, double-digit sack guy. This team hasn't had a double-digit sack guy on the edge since Connor Barwin. That's wow. how far we got to go back. Um, but he's a very unique player as well. He, he's undersized. You know, if you – Line him up at, at, at defensive end, that could be an issue, you know, it, it, especially when you get some of these offensive tackles in the league and people start going downhill. Uh, however, if, if you utilize him correctly, and that's where I think it comes in with Jonathan Gannon, Jeremiah Washburn, all of a sudden he can be this dominating pass rushing player. Um is he the guy? Is he sort of the linchpin of this entire defense when you think about it from that perspective? Well, from the perspective you just put up there, yes, because I just gave a whole thing about pressure, and he is would be expected to lead the team in sacks. So that leads to that conclusion. Here's what we don't know, and this is the amazing thing, as we are now three days before the season. What kind of defense are they going to play? Is it going to be a 3-4, 4-3, a hybrid? Are they going to, you know, are they going to blitz? What are they going to do? What's this game? How many linebackers? Are they going to use two linebackers? Will they sometimes use three? Because we saw nothing in the preseason, 
And because going to training camp is you really what you can see now in training camp what, with what you were able to see 20 years ago is is a fraction. So Jonathan Gannon accumulated all these great cards in the offseason, right? I mean, up to up to now, up to Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who just came in and we'll see when and how. But they got Bradbury and they got, um, you know, this linebacker and they drafted Jonathan Davis and they drafted Nicobe Dean and they added all these pieces in the offseason. And he's got this whole array of cards and we don't know what how he plans to use his hand. Um, so that's the biggest mystery to me. And. That's the biggest determinant in how good or bad they'll be. Most of the offense we know, right? We, we'll see how Hurts develops, but we know the names and the faces. I mean, they got A.J. Brown, but we know A.J. Brown. We know what he's going to do, I think. But the defense is a coordinator who last year, and I'll buy that he was very limited in how he could scheme because of the lack of talent, so he played it vanilla. Now he has the opportunity to do a lot, but I don't know what he's it's, – it's a mystery. Glenn, it's part of the state secret program that is the Philadelphia. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, don't, don't even get me started on yes, that. They want that correct. competitive advantage way, anywhere they can get it by keeping things under wraps. Right, and the, uh, the Detroit tell, Lions. Yeah, up. Right. Here's here's a secret for the Detroit Lions. The Eagles are coming to town, and some part of their uniform is going to be yeah. green. We don't know <laughs> what green, whether it's going to be pants or jersey, but part yeah. of it's going to be green. I can confirm that for the Lions in case they're lost at the who's showing up on Sunday. Uh, I know. I mean, they, he was asked yesterday in the in his news or how's Miles Sanders look or something. He said like, well, you know, you'll learn. It's like, yeah. And, we, ten, and, and by the way, Glenn, ten minutes later we learned. Right. Uh, right. Because because right, then the we're out on the practice field and Miles was dancing with Jalen Hurts and we said, oh, he's fine. Why yeah. can't the head coach tell us that ten minutes earlier? I don't know. You know, we're going to have Tim 20 minutes on from DetroitLions.com a little bit later. I'm going to have to tell poor Tim, oh, the Eagles are watching your coverage. They're so concerned. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, they're watching the Jared Goff news conferences yeah. for, for tips. I, I, yeah. I heard they that. They watch yeah. everything, Glenn. Yeah, they watch everything. They watch hard right. knocks. Hard knocks. Yeah, I uh, but I for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. To tell you who the backup left tackle, the backup left tackle is going to be on game day, but then they'd kill me and they would shut practice down to every other reporter. So they yep. basically blackmail us to not report. I can tell I you who the kick returner and the punt returner are going to be, right, but I can't, right. I can't do it on the air because yep. I'll shut down the whole system. Yeah. It's I know. absurd. And, that, and that's the NFL has switched to that. I mean, I don't know who the first was. Obviously Belichick was huge in pushing it that way. Andy was that way, right, John? I mean, Andy wouldn't tell you anything. Well, Andy was a little bit different. Andy's a little bit old school. And the fact that he would let you watch the entire practice back in the now, yeah, now they don't even about let you 10 do that. million, 10 yeah. minutes. But um, so there would be at least a give and take with Andy. And you, you would have a lot more background with Andy. So 
you'd be able to tell people what was going on in, in sort of a roundabout way. Yeah. Um, and Andy would be fine with that. So, but you're right. I mean, everybody is very secretive. And and you mentioned what defense they're going to play. They're playing Big Fangio's defense. I tell Jody all the time. That's what they're playing. And that's the ironic thing to me. Everybody knows what they're doing. And this is not just the Eagles. Every other team. But they all act like it's CIA level. Oh, oh. And, and okay, but John, even within that, um, how much is Nicobe Dean going to play this year? I don't know. Well, that stuff is le- le- legit. Right. Is I don't Jordan think Davis going to play 15 plays a game, 30 yeah. plays a game, somewhere in between? It's like they're, they have all these pieces that we have never seen together that I'm fascinated to watch how they mesh. No, the, yeah, that part is is the interesting part. And the execution, I mean, that's what it comes down to. Yeah. The, the ironic thing to me is coaches will tell you all the time. <laughs> and I always gave Jimmy Johnson a ton of credit because uh, Jimmy obviously won a bunch of Super Bowls and then uh, not a bunch, but we all know what happened with Jerry Jones after. And then Barry Switzer came in, won another with his team. But, you know, then when he wrote his book, he said, we had three running plays. Everybody knew what we were doing. We had Larry Allen, Eric, Eric Williams, uh, uh, Emmett Smith. Yeah. Stop it. Stop it. Nobody could stop it. Um, so execution is a bigger part of it than the actual scheme. But, man, this new breed of coaches, they think, Oof. and they're all yeah. running the same thing. RPO. And, and, and it is, and I don't know how sidetracked we're getting off what you guys want to talk about it, because it is, they don't need you. They don't need us. Oh. They don't need the media. They got the media. They don't, they don't have want to sell yeah. at all. They have the, they're the highest rated thing in the world, and they can do it without telling John McMullen who's playing when and where. That yeah, is true. but yesterday Jason Kelsey decided he needed the media to get a message out to his teammates that we better not get too comfortable here. Don't listen to everything you hear via the media and fans. Forget that. Listen to me. And he used the media to get that message out there to his teammates. So uh, they may not need us as much as they once did, but when they find it advantageous to have the media yes. around and use them, oh, readily available. Good. Thank sure. you very much. And and we'll, we'll, we'll say it. We'll read it. We'll report it. Sure we will. Yeah. And it, it uh, again, that part of it, I don't have as much as an issue with, with the fact that I think they believe, <laughs> I think the coaches believe it. So now that we're on the coaches, I want to stick there with you, Glenn. You mentioned Jonathan Gannon. I do think there's this narrative we talked about the floor. Like if Gannon doesn't live up to his hype, getting three co- head coaching interviews, he's well regarded around the league. Then the obvious part of the offense of Jalen Hurts doesn't live up to the the expected development. Nick Nick seems to be skating under the radar. Everybody's cool with Nick. Um, does that surprise you a little bit? Like everybody's worried about Gannon, they're worried about Hurts, but Nick I think is- people I think people are confident about Nick because of the way the team came together in the second half of the year, uh, and because I think Nick showed flexibility. Uh, and, and you can debate whether giving away the play calling was a good idea or not. But I think, you know, deciding after that horrible Dallas game where they ran the ball, whatever, four or five times that they'd have to change it, changing on the fly, making it work. It was a team that was two and five and won eight of its next 10 games. And my math may be wrong, but something like that. I think that gave Nick a lot of um, 
a lot of credential in this town. So I think people feel pretty good about him now. If they start out slowly again, you know, I mean, if they lose to the Lions, as, as Jody knows over the years, WIP will explode. Yeah. But yeah. if they start out slowly, they have a pretty beneficial schedule early. If they start out two and three, Nick will feel all of the heat. But I think, I think going in, people like the way he grew last year and feel good about it. Let me ask you about a guy who should be an important player for the Philadelphia Eagles. We had Marcus Hayes on yesterday, and we got a little a field of the actual on-play preparation, what the Eagles are going to do, and talk more about the powers that be. And he made several references on how Jeff Laurie influences Howie Roseman and how Howie Roseman then interacts with the coach. Do you think Jeff Laurie his involvement on a day-to-day basis, his ability to make things happen within the organization. Do you think it's more in-season, off-season, exactly the same, 365 days a year? How do you think Jeff Laurie impacts what happens on the field with the Philadelphia Eagles once the season starts? Uh, I think it's pretty minimal. Uh, I know the story came out um... – the, the, the famous story about when they beat the Packers that time. Um, yeah. It was a really nice win, but he was upset that they didn't throw the ball. <laughs> and I, I, I'd love to know the details of that story because I give Laurie credit for being smarter than throwing a tizzy after a win regardless. But, he, you know, he may have weighed in. I think Laurie weighs in during the season. I think because he's the owner, obviously, everybody gives him a lot of respect. I think evidence over – how many years now? 90, we bought the team. 94, he bought the team. So we're going on almost 30 years. 30, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think evidence is that Jeff Lurie is pretty much a hands-off owner because if we have one or two episodes over 30 years, we really don't have a whole lot to go on. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's compare- been far more good than bad. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, it wasn't after the game, Glenn. It was a Tuesday meeting. It, okay. it was a scheduled meeting with all the – the heads of the organization that they typically had. And Doug did get uh, a little bit uh, upset that he was getting questioned about upsetting Green Bay and Green Bay. But it wasn't like he went up to him and screamed at him after the game. Exactly. Throw the football. Yeah. Right. And so, that story, the legend of that story grew. Yeah. I think people it, who, it, right. Yeah. And people who want to, you know, criti- dislike the owner, which is a natural instinct among fans in every sport, use that as evidence of, aha, see, look what he's doing. Yeah. Um, so it is a little bit different. But the one part where I do see, and, and by the way, I think Jeffrey is right in this. Jeffrey is on, on record numerous times. He thinks the way you need, the way you can be consistently successful in this league in the modern era is to be, a high octane passing offense. It just makes it easier if you can throw the football well and consistently. And as I said, I think he's a hundred percent right. However, the the current team as it's constructed has a different type of quarterback who I think is a good player, but I think he's a unique player. And I think if you try to make him into Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow, I think you're doing Jalen Hurts a disservice. Um, if the Eagles try to make him a drop back passer, is that a disservice to Jalen Hurts? Yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, you know, you described a couple guys who he will never be, and there are more guys who he will never be. Uh, I don't know about unique. I mean, we've seen this style of quarterback before. 
Let me see him work. Um, he's got his pluses and minuses. He is a he's a very elusive player. I, he's, I think he's a smart player. Um, I mean, I'm, you know, I don't want to go over all the things that we've always discussed. He needs to work on both his accuracy and knowing when to release the ball. My biggest issue with him last year is in the NFL, when a receiver breaks open, he's not going to be open for long. You yeah. got to throw it right then. And, you know, we'd look downfield and see separation and he's holding the ball. So that's the kind of thing I think he can learn. I mean, that that's experience will help you with that. Knowing when to release the ball is something you can pick up. You don't want to make him what he's not. You also know that getting a guy away from the instinct of running too early is going to help the team. Um, I'm not sure the question I'm answering, but I will say this. I think Jalen Hurts can be, will never be one of the top five or six quarterbacks in the NFL. I do think he is a guy who could probably be somewhere in the nine to 11 rank of quarterback in the NFL. I mean, it's all speculative. I know. Yeah. But, but, but with a really good team, you can win with that guy. I G Mac. Uh, one of my favorite things, you know, this, cause I used to do it with you back in the nineties, the old hypothetical question. Eagles win their first week in Detroit. Not as big a blowout as maybe Jordy McDonald thinks, double digits, blah, blah, blah. They find a way to win, grind out a 17-13 win. Defense plays well. Offense doesn't do a lot. They throw the ball a lot. Jalen Hurts doesn't complete 60% of his pass, but they win. And they come back the next week against the Vikings. Oh, by the way, Vikings are going to score some points. Vikings yeah. are going to come in here and throw the ball around. Jeff Jefferson's going to make, just please tell me it's not Jalen Rager who makes a big play. <laughs> uh, the Vikings are going to score some points and the Eagles find a way to win. Hold on, win 27-24. And again, they don't really throw it all that well. Defense gets a touch on their final. They're 2-0, and but the offense hasn't looked great. But they've been throwing it plenty. Will the you and cry be, let's get back to running the football. That's how we move the ball. We got the best offensive line in the National Football League. Why are we not running the football? Or will 2-0 and o eyewash everything? 2-0 um, is 2-0. and o. However, yeah. are you saying the you and cry among people who call our show? Yes. Okay. The, the Eagle Nation. I used to work with a guy named Jody McDonald, who I think, I think you're the guy who used to say this most of the time. Finding the wart on Cindy Crawford. The mole, excuse me, not the wart. The mole on Cindy Crawford. I think that's something you used to say to I, me. I, I may have used that phrase once And to me, that would be an example of that. If you're 2-0. and Yeah, if you're 2-0, everything. entirely come together. You got 15 more games to get it together. You're 2-0. and It'll be okay. But yes, will Neil from the Northeast call in a blather? Probably. And Jody, guess what? I'll let you handle that one <laughs> because you did one of those a couple of weeks ago that was brilliant uh, in it with a fan who was overly critical. And so I'm, I'm going to just Jody all yours. That's all right. Right. All right. All right. Yeah. Two and O is two and O. I agree with Glenn. You're going to be fine. As long as you win games. The question is now here's, here's one I'll throw at you, Glenn and Jody. Um, we got to talk to Dan Campbell a little bit yesterday on our conference call. And, you know, if you guys, I know you have Jody, I don't know if you have Glenn, if you've watched hard knocks at all, yeah, oh yeah. Um, you know, Dan Campbell's got kind of an old school vibe. So they've been going about their summer work in a different way. They're a lot more physical 
than the Eagles. Uh, they do it on purpose. Uh, the Eagles, they're about getting a week one as healthy as possible. And by the way, here's week one. We had Andre Dillard's injury, uh, but pretty much 52 out of the 53 players scheduled to be on that roster were, were at least practicing in a limited fashion. So it worked. They're here. They're relatively healthy. But if they show up in Detroit against a team that they're supposed to beat, as Jody said, by double digits, they're supposed to wax. They beat them 44 to 6 last year, and they lay an egg. Are people going to jump on that? Oh, Dan Campbell's physical. They're ready to play. The Eagles didn't prepare. Uh, by and, people, and they, again, by people, do you mean the, your the local fan base? Yes. yes. The local fan base already has a foot and four toes in that pool. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, people, the, the preseason games as the Eagles play them are a huge waste of time. I oh, yes. Don't, you know, other yes. than like, okay, this is the 52nd and 53rd guy on the roster. Who cares? It's a huge snooze fest for fans who want to see football. They want to yeah. see their guys. They saw them for one series. So I think fans, and particularly those who have watched Hard Knocks with Dan Campbell chewing kneecaps and all that. Listen, I want that. Um, yeah. He's I, a Philadelphia guy. They would smarter, love Dan Campbell. Yeah. But I've been, I've been bored since this thing began in July. Uh, and I know you guys have too. And so, hey, if if the if if the Lions win this thing, and they win it because they're a physical, more prepared team, and their top players are uh, more in sync, I'll jump on that. You know, I got a foot and three toes in that pool. <laughs> here's here's my thoughts on the way that the Eagles are prepared for this season. John's right. We get to the opening game and. Uh, backup left tackle got hurt a couple of days before the season starts, but everybody else is supposed to be healthy. Oh, the Eagles are up at the half. But the only thing that matters is the final score. So I'm going to wait two more weeks when uh, they're playing other teams that may have been more physical and doing more physical preparation. for. And if they've got that same clean roster two weeks in with next to no injury, then I'll go, Damn, they're just smarter than everybody else. They they got this thing figured out. But if we see a whole bunch of injuries crap up over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to go, wow, it was really important that they were healthy before they kicked off yeah. the first yeah. game. It will have meant zippity-doo-dah. So let's wait two weeks before we crown them champs of how to prepper, prepare properly for the start of a season. Yeah, no, I don't disagree. I, I, I understand the logic of this whole thing. Uh, the most important thing is not to get your guys hurt. But the flip side of that is, okay, then what's the point of all of these preseason games? Then what, you know, why are we all wasting our time? Just do these joint practices. Bonnie, you know that. They bundle the tickets. Yeah, well, you're right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. They sell tickets and they sell them to yeah. the networks. And people, yeah. and people watch them. I know. It, 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 it's amazing. Um, and the Eagles basically admit, I mean, by the way they handle joint practices, I mean, Nick's very honest. We're going to get all our work with the first team guys in during practice. And the game is going to be for the, as you mentioned, those back end roster guys trying to make those last two or three roster spots. Yeah. And, and by reports, they, uh, what are they now uh, over his years with seven and one, I guess one got canceled six and one in joint practices. So, yeah. They finally you know, lost one there you to go. Miami. Yeah. Uh, the parade's coming down uh, 
Sea yeah. Line Avenue any day now. I was expecting the banner to be raised, the new normal, as yeah. Doug put. Uh, <laughs> yeah, first time in, in, in Novacare since January 6, 2019, yesterday, Glenn. We got to go in the locker room. Oh. Um, and uh, it was it was it was interesting, but I was looking for that. I was looking for those Nick Sirianni sort of accoutrements to the facility because all the coaches try to do something. They have some video boards, but it was really understated. Um, they got a rock paper scissors uh, ring there. Yeah, well, the competent they do have a a basketball hoop in the auditorium, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm sure you guys have seen. Mm-hmm. We, we all tweet stuff, so. He is that competitive guy. I go back to Dan Campbell, and I said he's a Philly guy, and, and Philadelphia fans would love him because of his mentality. But would he be allowed to do? Like, I think Nick Sirianni, I say this all the time, Nick's very competitive. If we're up to Nick Sirianni, he wouldn't be giving up practice time. This is an organizational decision. So if they hired Dan Campbell with all his biting kneecaps, He'd be forced to do the same thing. Do you think? Yeah, I imagine so. I, I think this comes from Roseman down. Um, yeah. But I imagine that when you hire a coach, you know, all of these things are part of the interview process, and the, the coach is kind of on board from the start, right? So, I mean, I I'm, I would think that Nick agrees with it in theory because you hire a coach who's, who's in sync with your thought process. Mm-hmm. The last coach we had, I think, started to waver. And it may have cost him his job. Yeah. They were they were in sync when he was hired. Yeah. They were in sync right. when they won the Super Bowl. And then right. Doug decided maybe I'm going to flex my well, muscles a little bit. Right, exactly. And before you knew it, he was out the door. Right. Doug had his Super Bowl ring that he could flash and say, "Hey, I won this. You got to listen to me more." And I, you know, he he's right. He did earn that. Yeah, but maybe he overplayed his hand out the door. Well, uh, clearly now he's well, in Jacksonville. Good luck. Yeah. Well, we'll see him week four. All right, yeah. uh, G Mac. I got to ask you about. One of the more intriguing players coming into this season for me, see if it's the same for you. And that's Miles Sanders. Again, we need to plug him into the overall scheme of things. If we believe the Eagles are going to try and throw the ball more this year, that means they're going to run it less, which means Miles may be getting less carries. But his average per carry last year was pretty damn good, five and a half, as good as it was in the National Football League. He's in the last year of a contract, looking to get another contract going forward. Don't know what the entire National Football League thinks about paying running backs these days. How's it going to shake out for Miles Sanders? Assuming now, oh, my God, this is probably the biggest assumption I'll make all day. His health is almost never there. But assuming relative health for Miles Sanders, what kind of year do you think he's going to have? Jody, write this down because you and I can review this at the end of the season on our show on Sunday, okay? 150 carries, 750 yards, six touchdowns. Six? Yeah. Wow, that's a yeah, lot of touchdowns. touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, he's due to get in there. You yeah. know, and, yeah. Uh, you know, 30 to 35 catches for 300 yards and that's another right. two touchdowns. Yeah. So there you go. Boy, I'm, I'm going the over on that yardage. I think, he, you know, it all depends on health. If Miles is out there. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm including missing two yeah. games. Yeah, it, uh, as well yeah. you should. Yes. Yeah. 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 I'm, I, I'll end it here with you. At Real Glenn Mac now. Yeah, I got one Glenn thing I got to plug. Twitter. So give me a minute to plug yeah. something. Um, yeah, we'll be plugging. The, the, I'm going to guess it's the Maryland Mike thing, but I'll let you plug that. Uh, 
obviously listen to him and Jody on WIP on the weekends. Uh, but Glenn, Kenny Gainwell, since Jody went down uh, the Miles Sanders route, here's my, he did not have a great summer. And, and I was expecting big things from Kenny Gainwell. Are you concerned at all about that depth in the backfield? Because, um, well, that's, you know, maybe that's, maybe they were, which is why they made the move to pick up the kid from San Francisco the other day. Yeah. Trey Sermon. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that would speak to that. Uh, I didn't go to practice as you went to practice, so I didn't see Gainwell, but the reports I read and heard as yours were, was that, uh, he didn't make the jump that was anticipated. Again, you know, let's see how the season plays out. I would love to believe he's going to be the primary pass catching back out of the backfield and get 50 to 60 catches and be part of the offense that way. Um, Am I concerned about the depth? Um, I think I like Boston Scott more than a lot of people do. Uh, Every time they use him, to me, seems to do well. I know it's limited. I think that you have enough talent at receiver and um, tight end. And I think you have a quarterback who can run. So doesn't worry me as much as it might on other teams. If the biggest right. concern, I'm sorry, if the biggest concern is that you don't have a second and third running back who can carry you, that's okay. You also have a great line that can gain yards for anybody. Yeah, I like both Boston Scott and Sermon. I like the pickup. So if Gainwell doesn't take a step forward, I don't think it'll actually hurt the Eagles all that badly. All right, uh, Glenn, in addition to Mike Sielski on Saturdays, Jody McDonald on Sundays, Eagle pregame responsibilities, basically having a different beer to drink every day of the year, 365. Uh, what else you got going? So the uh, and, and thank you for giving me a moment to do this. Um, I am uh, one of the partners in Conchahawk and Brewing Company, and we're releasing a charity beer uh, next Wednesday, uh, and it's going to be called Merrill and Mike, Merrill Reese and Mike Quick, or both part of this endeavor. The money goes to uh, uh, go, uh, First Tee, excuse me, not Golden Tee. That was an old video game. First <laughs> Tee of Greater Philadelphia, which brings golf to disadvantaged kids and kids who might not get the chance and provides them with equipment and time and lessons. And it's really a nice charity. Uh, we have an event at our place, Puddler's Kitchen and Tap in Bridgeport, which is coincides with the release next Wednesday from 6 to 8.30. Merrill and Mike will be there. Bernie Perrant is going to come auction a jersey right off his back. Fran Dunphy. Dunphy and Martelli are going to auction lunch with somebody. Uh, Jody Mack and I are going to do, I know you're going to be busy, Jody. If you make it, great. But um, I'm going to auction off an evening of drinking beers with Jody and me. And Jody, whatever style you want, we have it. I know. I know. I'm I'm old school. You know, I like my buds, but on that night, I'll try whatever you put. Okay. And one other thing that we are going to auction off. I just got this last night. I hold in my hand the original draft reports on every current Eagle on yellow legal pads. Oh, wow. By Ray Dinger. And he gave me all of these. And some lucky winner is going to, I'm looking at the the original Jalen Hurts draft report from Ray. And we're going to auction these off, along with some other really nice items. But mostly, people come out, meet Merrill and Mike and Bernie, and, and try the beer. Uh, again, Merrill and Mike beer for a good charity. It is at our place, Puddler's Kitchen and Tap, which is at 3 DeKalb Street in Bridgeport, this coming Wednesday from 6 to 8.30. GMAC, uh, I will not be with you on Sunday because you're going to be busy doing yep. the Eagles pregame show. Uh, Next you week. I, 
You and I will uh, do it on uh, week number two when the Eagles are not playing on a Sunday at one o'clock. Always a pleasure, bud, whether it's on the radio or here with us on Birds 365. Thanks, pal. Thank you, Jody. Thank you, John. See you, Thanks, man. Glenn Mack now, host of the Eagles pregame show on their radio network here with us on Birds 365. All right, McDonald and McMullen coming back. Uh, yeah, we'll give the Lions their due in hour number two. Uh, Tim Twentyman from uh, DetroitLions.com is going to hop aboard. Johnny Mack and I did the whole first hour, and we didn't even discuss the major movement on the Eagles practice squad yesterday. Changes big, of plenty. Big news. Big news. Don't know if it's moving the needle, but we'll uh, we'll break it down for you next here on Birds 365. <laughs> greatest fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on acting. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey, the largest workers' compensation law firm in Pennsylvania. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. Even better, Pond Lee Hockey doesn't charge a dime until you win. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.
Maga Mac guys here on Birch 365. Yes, the countdown is well on, just three days until the game getting underway. And we will go behind uh, enemy lines next hour. Tim Twentyman, who covers the Lions uh, for the DetroitLions.com, going to hop aboard, uh, jump in with us. I, Johnny Mac, we've talked a lot about expectations. We're going to do it today. We're going to do it tomorrow as well before the season gets underway. But the Eagles actually made some moves yesterday. They made one move that left a move open for them yet to make. And, of course, they're not going to tell you, me, or anybody else. So I'm going to ask you to speculate on who's going to be filling in for Mr. Dillard's spot on the roster. But uh, but we got to build up to that. Major practice squad moves yesterday. Reed Sinet, we hardly knew ye. Uh, now, yeah. no longer a Philadelphia Eagle. They flipped a couple practice squad uh, spots. Uh, no issues for me because that's what the practice squad is for is to have balance behind your actual 53 man roster. And Eagles saw a little bit of an imbalance. What do you think of the practice squad uh, juggling and shifting? Uh, before I get into that, I want to mention uh, because field Yates just uh, reported in field, you know, has a direct line to the uh, NFL PA database. So uh, it's funny because <coughs> Uh, and it, it, how Field worded it, and it's correctly uh, right. It's it's true. In a near annual rite of passage, the Eagles have restructured the contract of uh, Lane Johnson. Uh, so Howie Roseman converted five point eight eight million of Johnson's base salary and two point seven one five million of jake elliott's base salary into signing bonuses so they'll get the money up front what that does is create uh 6.9 million so nearly 7 million in cap space immediately for howie roseman so that's a typical howie roseman move and he does it uh on the eve of the regular season um, as for the practice squad, as you mentioned, well, hold on. It, since you brought that up now, I got, I got to ask you about it. Why? Usually um, you do something that for a reason, for a purpose. So you have the flexibility and the cash available to be able to do something. What not do you think necessarily Howie's trying to do? Not necessarily. Um, you know, Howie's always thinking in two, really with Howie, it's usually three, three year increments. So, um, you know, a, a lot of people think uh, when you create space, it's for immediacy. But you always want to have the Eagles are they want to have probably 15 somewhere in that range of a cushion in case they need to do something. Could be a trade down the road at the trade deadline. Could They, they want to have that flexibility. So he's been doing this kind of stuff for years. It doesn't necessarily indicate, oh, they're going to go out and trade for. I don't know who you want to throw out there, Jesse Bates or whatever. It doesn't always indicate something immediate. Now it could be an extension. We talked about extensions yesterday on the show, right? Um, but he's always working in in two, three year increments as a whole. And as 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 Field said, um, you know, with Lane, it's become an annual thing. Uh, he gets his money up front, and they kind of ship money around that way. Um, and everybody's happy. And most contracts, by the way, everybody thinks about, oh, the player has to approve it. Usually it's written in now. Now they just can do it whenever they want right. to do it. And players are happy anyway because they get all their money up front. But um, so anyway, 
I wanted to let people in on that. But with the practice squad, yeah. I mean, and now that it's 16, even more so, you see this around the league. You have constant churn on the back end of the ro- – on, on, on the practice squad roster. Um, and with the kid from the Jets, I mean, they signed him before they got Trey Sermon right. uh, at running sense. back. So, you know, they probably didn't need that redundancy. We talked about Reed Sinet. Would he be back? Why do you need four quarterbacks now that Ian Book is here? They probably got a look at Ian Book and said, well, you know, I'm not a huge fan. Nice kid. Got to meet him yesterday. I, I don't know what the ceiling is, but it's probably higher than Reed Sinet. So, I mean, that's where the Eagles are with that. They don't need a fourth quarterback. They do, do need some backup tight end help. So, you know, the kid from New England, don't, he was a third-round pick. Didn't work out for whatever reason with the Patriots. Had some knee injuries. You know, that's a worthwhile dart throw, I would say, especially at that particular position. You know, Auden Tate was interesting because he's played a little bit with Cincinnati. He's a really big receiver. You know, that news broke first that they were going to sign Auden Tate. And I thought, because he's so big, he's like 6'5", 230, I thought they were going to move move him to flex tight end um, because um, they had worked out two tight ends. One of them was Dalton Keene. I forget the other one. And Auden Tate at the same time. And I thought, well, maybe they're looking at tight ends. Maybe they consider Auden Tate a tight end. So they sign him first, but then they get Keen as well. Um, so, you know, that, that they Tate's got some success in the NFL. He's caught some passes with Cincinnati. No, it doesn't hurt. Just keep churning until you find something. Here was the only thing that surprised me about the churn. Um if they're going to do something, and again, uh, all all best of luck wishes to the two guys who are given their walking papers, P. Grind and um, Sinet. I hope they land somewhere else and their career flourishes. But, yeah, they were redundant here in Philadelphia. It didn't make sense to have them here. There must not be one, not one, return guy on the street in the National Football League right now. <laughs> there, well, think about Think about what Eagles fans think about Jalen Rager and Minnesota trades for Jalen Rager because they don't have a stinking punt returner. There aren't a lot of returners. Holy um, mackerel. Is that a lost art, Johnny Mack? I know that because of the rules in the National yeah. Football League specifically kickoffs more than anything. Is, is it because the Chargers coach goes for it on fourth down every single time that people have now decided, well, we don't really need a punt returner anymore. Kids in college are going, well, I don't really need to work on catching punts because they don't need them in the NFL anymore. How is the the, the land so barren? Yeah, a little, little bit. Kick returner more than punt returner. There's, a, you know, Britton Kobe, uh, Cubby uh, returned a heck of a lot of punts at Utah. Uh, he can do it. Um, yeah, but so, not enough for him to make the Eagles regular 53-man uh, roster. No, but, I mean, he's also – five foot eight 160 pounds so i mean that has something to do with it right, as but well you and the one who always tells me that things flow up to the national football league then that should mean his five foot eight status and and excellence in college should flow right up to the well national ultimately league. well now you have to have a baseline of 
sort of physical traits to play in the NFL. That's a, there's a lot of good college players who, you know, don't have, don't hit that baseline. You know, Reed Blankenship is an interesting guy to me. I just wrote about him yesterday. He's, you know, he made this team and how he mentioned this, um, you know, when they got him, he was a five-year starter at, at middle Tennessee state. And, you know, in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, um, five-year starter, and he showed up. Now, if you're a five-year starter, Jody, in Tuscaloosa or South Bend or Columbus or Norman, wherever, you're, you're going to be a first-round pick probably. Um, you know, at Middle Tennessee State, everybody's going to go, it's Middle Tennessee State. But I got news for you. He showed up here as so much more polished than the average young player, no matter where they come from, where they are, because he played so much football. To me, he is a perfect example of what we always talk about on this show. Some people think we talk about it too much about, you know, practice and preparation and reps and live reps. And I, I, I've been talking about this going all the way back to the old world league when quarterbacks like uh, Brad Johnson and Kurt Warner and Jake DeLome came out of there. And because that's such a high profile position, people obviously recognize those names now and they became legitimate starting quarterbacks. One of them, a hall of fame quarterback, another one, a super bowl, super bowl winner. winning. Yeah. Uh, and the other, and Jake DeLome made a super bowl, didn't win it, but, but, but started a super bowl. Um, so, you know, when you play, it makes you better. And even if it's the world league, even if it's the CFL or the XFL or the USFL or middle Tennessee state. Now, sometimes these guys don't have the physical traits, um, to play at the NFL level, but if you can find that guy. Adam Thielen's a perfect example of this. If you can find that guy who who has the physical traits and, and got overlooked for whatever reason um, by NFL scouts, and I think that might be the case. I think the Eagles might have lucked out with Reed Blankenship. He's so much more polished than guys who – Kayvon went to Clemson, right? He's so much more polished just from playing football. Even at Middle Tennessee State. Anyway, well, then just throwing it out there. If the Eagles judge via film work in the first half and what they expect and what they've crammed into Chauncey Gardner-Johnson for game number one, if he's not getting it done in the first half, is it Reed Blankenship to the rescue in the second half at safety for the Eagles? I, I think it would be before Kayvon, so... Um... I, I mean, I don't think they're going to bench CJ. Um, it would have to be really bad, like multiple blown coverages. And I don't think he's going to have multiple blown coverages. He's played too much football at the NFL level. Um, so I, I don't think it's going to happen. But, yeah, right now, if you, you forced me to pick, who would they play first? I think at safety, I think it would be, I think it would be Reed Blankenship. As crazy as that sounds. 
All right. Let me ask you this about the Lions, and we're hoping to get Tim Twentyman up here. Um, I just reached out to him. He hasn't gotten a link yet, but hopefully we can get it to him um, uh, before we're supposed to punch him up in about 10 minutes from now. Um, I watch Hard Knocks. I haven't watched the fifth episode yet. I got busy yesterday, and I was planning on watching. I still haven't had the chance to be able to watch it. I hope that uh, I can do so today, uh, later in the day. Do you believe that they're going to be able to uh, uh, do anything offensively against this Eagles defense. I don't, I, I'm still in the wait and see mode about Gannon and how he's going to handle things and be able to do certain things. But does this Lion offense scare you at all coming into game number one? It doesn't. I wouldn't say it scares me. Um, and, you know, one of the things I've been talking about, um, you know, I think the bet, and we'll get to talk about this hopefully with Tim. I've been telling you, I think the best player on the Lions is their center, Frank Ragnow. Um, and he wasn't there last year. He got hurt. I think it was week four, week five, somewhere in there. Um, and he was out for the season. He's back. But he, now he's got a groin injury. So he was limited yesterday. Um, I don't know if he's going to be able to play. Um, uh, we, we mentioned earlier Halapuli Bati Baitai is also a starter for them. He's out. He's He was placed on injured reserve, so he's going to miss at least the first four games. So if they're missing two of their starters on the offensive line, that to me is the strength of their team when they're healthy. If Ragnow's there, Baitai's there, they also have Panay Sewell. He's got tremendous talent. Everybody remembers him. Um from the draft last year, uh, Taylor Decker's a former first round pick at, at, at tackle as well. Um, and you know, even Jonah Jackson is a third round, former third round pick. So they do have some talent on the offensive line. And when you can block people, you can do some things in the NFL, but the, the Lions skill position people don't scare me at all. Um, and, you know, that's one of the reasons they drafted Jamison Williams, but he's not healthy. He's not going to be able to uh, – he's not going to play, obviously, coming back from the torn ACL. Um, so it's going to be a while before they get him in the lineup. And you start talking about DeAndre Swift, who is a, a Philly kid, so people know him. He's a good back, but he's not explosive. Jamal Williams, good back. Um, he's not going to scare you. Um, and then uh, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown is probably the best receiver. Usually in the NFL, you know, think about week two, right? Week two, Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen are coming in. Usually when you're playing an NFL team, they have a better receiver than Amon Saab St. Brown. And that's and that's where the Lions hope to be with Jamison Williams. And maybe things change when he gets back. And because I think he's got a chance to be a really good player, but their skill position. People don't scam me. Their best skill position player is probably TJ Hawkinson, the tight end. I was going to say, is that not the biggest concern? Because, well, maybe it shouldn't be because most people say that Chauncey Gardner Johnson's strength over anything else is his ability to cover. That he's a good cover guy. That's why he's playing in the slot for uh, his previous team and why he's going to be playing safety for the Eagles. And they say that the two positions mirror each other. Is he going to get the assignment on Hawkinson more than anybody else? 
Well, I think it's, uh, you know, there's a possibility of that. There's also a possibility of Kaiser White. I mean, that's why Kaiser is here. Uh, if you want a bigger body as well. So the Eagles have more options. They had, uh, I get what you're saying because the Eagles had a lot of difficulty with tight ends last year. Um, and then that's the reason Kaiser White is here. And that's the reason CJ Gardner Johnson is here. So yeah, you're going to get, uh, Hawkinson's a, a, a very good tight end, but he's also not an explosive tight end. Um, you know, I think last year he had a ton of catches, probably nine, 10 yards a catch. So, you know, he might be that guy who's going to catch nine balls for 80 yards or something. And that's probably what he did against the Eagles last year, something in that range. But, um, doesn't scare me. That's the thing. I don't, I don't, see many explosive options uh for the lines and that's that's a concern and the eagles will tell you and nick sirianni talks about it constantly jonathan gannon they both talk about it constantly turnovers explosive plays so how did the lions generate explosive plays i i think that's going to be difficult for them and that's one of the things that uh, – sorry, I just don't have faith that the Lions are going to be able to do. No matter how popular they were because they presented themselves, well, <laughs> excuse me, on hard knocks, I just don't like their offense. And Jared Goff is not a playmaker. Uh, we, we are going to find out how big a playmaker Jalen Hurts <laughs> Damn, well, you're right. Sneezy. I mean, it's not, and that's what I said. It's not. It's not a scary offense. I'll, I'll put it that way. Uh, they have to do things methodically, uh, and when you have to do things methodically, it's more difficult. You know, if you got to go, that's the whole thought process of Jonathan Gannon's defense, Jody. You know, make somebody go 15 uh, plays, 80 yards. Um, it's a lot easier when you can create the 40 yard splash play and all of a sudden, all right, we're in business. Um, they're going to have a t- difficult time creating splash plays and that kind of plays right into the Eagles hands. It does uh, take a little doing for the Eagles uh, coming up on uh, game number one on Sunday versus the Lions. All right. We're going to take a quickie timeout. Come back. We're hoping to get Tim Twentyman up. We're having trouble getting through to him and uh, getting him the link so that he can hop aboard and join us. If he doesn't, John and I will continue to look ahead to uh, week one versus the Detroit Lions. We've still got uh, 40 minutes with you left here on this Thursday before the season gets underway edition of Birds 365. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, 
We are one, and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. The faces you know, the team you trust. The Delaware Valley's leading news program, Action News. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. And we are joined by Tim Twentyman from the DetroitLions.com. He came on my national CBS radio show and did a great job. Give me a preview for the upcoming Lions season. We're asking him to do the same again here today. Tim, Jody McDonald, and uh, John McMullen. Thanks for hopping aboard, bud. Hey, no problem. How you guys doing? Our uh, pleasure. Doing well, Thank Tim. you very much. Just to um, warn you real quick before you jump in, Jody, the Eagles are, are paying very, very close attention to you and your reporting and your cohorts reporting. We're at CIA lockdown. Oh, so yeah. they watch and, and see everything, Tim. I'm just warning you. That's I'm all right. Hey, the more eyes, the better, right? Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. Um, and one of the things that was a big topic of conversation with the Eagles yesterday uh, prior to practice and then into practice after practice was expectations. Uh, Jason Kelsey tried to say uh, blank expectations. Uh, Jalen Hurts, very similar. It only means you haven't achieved it yet. Um, how about in Detroit? Uh, we've got some guys railing against it here in Philadelphia. I think they've done a nice job portraying the Lions on hard knocks, so it does give them a little bit of a national uh, look. Um, have the expectations changed for the Lions since they showed up for camp? Well, I think so. I mean, they're obviously not Eagles expectations where you're a playoff team last year and you're looking to now take that next step, win your division, and you know, obviously be a, a, a force in the NFC. Like I think Philadelphia has a chance to do for Detroit. Look, it was a three win football team last year, right? Let's be honest about it. And it was the first year of the Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell regime. Now, 
I think they've improved their football team. I think the talent is a little bit better. I think the depth's better. Um, but, you know, it, it's rare you go from three to ten and you're talking about, you know, being a contender in the NFC. I think for me and, and what the expectations for fans are after watching Hard Knocks, after seeing, you know, the steps the offense has taken um, in, in training camp, how that defense has steadily improved. I think for me, it's, it's let's play meaningful games in the month of December. Right. You know, around playoff time, they have that graphic right in the hunt or you're in the playoffs. Be in that graphic, be in the conversation, you know. And I think if, if, if Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes can do that in their second season, if you go from three wins to playing meaningful games and, and being right there for the playoffs in your second season. Now, I think you're on the right track. Tim, uh, when you look at this roster and you said the talent has improved, uh, where do you look at the strengths and weaknesses? Where where are they good? Where do they need help? Yeah, well, you know, I think offensively it starts up front. And unfortunately, they're dealing with, you know, a couple injuries here yeah. heading into that game Sunday. But, you know, I, I think on paper that's a, a top five offensive line. You, you guys know about good offensive lines over there. You know, Philly's got a really good one, but Detroit does too. I mean – Frank yeah. Redmond a pro bowler at center. Jonah Jackson's a pro bowler at left guard. Taylor Decker's consistently one of the 10 best tackles in the league. And Penny Sewell, the, the number seven overall pick, he's trending in that direction, you know, sooner rather than later. You know, they lost the right guard, Big V. He's not going to play. He's on IR, so he's going to miss the four games. And Frank Ragnall's dealing with a groin injury. We'll see how serious that is if he practices today. But that really is a strength. And I think, you know, adding DJ Chark and what Amon Ron St. Brown did at the end of last year, I think the receiver core is much, much improved. And, you know, you, you, you add those guys along with a Pro Bowl tight end and TJ Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift. I think they've really got offensively um, some skilled position weapons that can that can be dangerous. The question is defense. And, you know, they this was a team that ranked in the, you know, bottom third, you know, really the bottom three of every major statistical category on defense last year so they need improvements you get Aiden Hutchinson that's good um you get uh, Jeff Okuda back who was the number three pick a couple years ago you know towards Achilles week one last year they didn't have him so yeah I think offensively you 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 know what Detroit is um and and you think they're going to be pretty good there really it just comes down to that defense and you know as you guys showed last year when you ran for what it was a 236 yards yeah touchdowns in that game I think that's a great test week one for Detroit how much improved is that defense um you know because Philly's going to want to come in and do the same thing can Detroit stop it let me ask you about a guy you mentioned uh more specifically and that's Jeff Okuda very high draft pick I would say came in and was a disappointment you add to that the major injury he's back he's healthy how high do you have to set the bar for a guy like Okuda for a the Lions to be able to say, all right, here's why we drafted him as high as we did. And he's living up to those expectations. Well, I think he's got to be a quality, you know, legit starting cornerback. You know, they like what Amani Oriwari did last year in his third season. You know, he was third in the NFL with six interceptions. He kind of, you know, excelled to that, you know, number one cornerback type. Well, they drafted mm -hmm. Jeff to be that guy. Now he, you know, he dealt with a core muscle injury. He only played 10 games as rookie. And then obviously the Achilles last year, but physically um, speed wise strength, all that stuff. It, it's back for Jeff. He, you know, I was talking to him last week. He said he's actually faster and stronger than he was 
pre-Achilles, which is sometimes rare, as you guys know, with that kind of injury. Um, yeah. that can have lost lasting effects on guys. Um, but he's looked really, really good. And, you know, ever since the joint practices with Indianapolis the week before the last preseason game, you know, week two of the preseason, he's he's looked really, really good. And, and look, he was the number three pick for a reason, right? He's got all the physical tools. Um, and so about it with him, it's just, you know, the best abilities availability sometimes. Right. And so that's, that's his deal. But if he can stay healthy and he continues to have a camp that he had Detroit thinks they have two pretty good starting, you know, cornerbacks and they'll obviously be tested this week against Devonta Smith and AJ Brown. So we'll see, uh, there's going to be no, uh, no, no walk before your run period for Jeff Okuda. He's going to have to step in there and play good right away. He's had a good camp, so the expectations are high for him. Yeah, and they also added Mike Hughes in that secondary. He's a former first-round pick that also hasn't lived up to expectations to date because of injuries, uh, a lot of it. Uh, so there is some talent back there. But I, I want to talk about Aiden Hutchinson for a number of reasons. One, he's the number two overall pick in the draft. So obviously a lot is expected of him. I go back to when Nick Bosa came into this league with San Francisco and it was, it was eye popping. You know, he made such a difference. Is Aiden Hutchinson, is there that kind of potential there? There is. Yeah. I think he's exceeded even the Lions' expectations. And I say that from an athletic standpoint, you know, you, you do so much homework, but when they finally got him on the field and saw what he could do, um, they were even surprised athletically just how advanced he is. Look, he's got an advanced, you know, toolbox of pass rush moves. He's got a motor that never quits. Um, they've got a NASCAR package that they even use with them. He, they think he's so versatile that he can slip inside, play the three tech, and that allows them to get another, you know, edge rusher out on the outside. And so, you know, he's really become a three down kind of guy for them where, you know, he's obviously on the edge, rushing the passer, but then moves <laughs> inside and gives them some rush from the interior as well. Um, he, he really has been terrific. You guys saw him the hard knocks. You know, he, he, he's um, stepped in. His, his teammates have accepted him. They, you know, they love the work, that work ethic. It's, it's all – everybody says, you know, great things about him. And, and you talk to the kid, he's, he's humble. You know, he says all the right things. He's got the right attitude. It's all about work. He just came in. He shut his mouth. He put his head down and he went to work. And and look, that's a Dan Campbell type of guy right there. And then, you know, <laughs> to perform as well as he has in the preseason and, and, and looked as good as he has in camp, I think the expectations are pretty high. I would I would really be surprised if he wasn't a, a, a double-digit sack guy as a rookie. And, and I know that's that's kind of lofty expectations, but I think he's been that good. We were talking about it before we just punch up Jeff about whose responsibility it's going to be to cover TJ Hawkinson for the Eagles. And uh, they've got a new safety that they just picked up uh, via trade before the season started about 10 days to get up to speed. If that was going to be his number one responsibility of covering a guy like TJ, TJ Hawkinson, we think here in Philadelphia, we've got one of the best tight ends in football. We know you feel the same in Detroit. The other tight end, how much 12 personnel do the Lions use? Are they more a three wide receiver set team? Are they going to use two tight ends? What should the Eagles be on the look for? Now, uh, well ahead of time, be noted, they're watching. The Eagles are watching us right now. So we know you're actually going against what the Eagles <laughs> want their media to do by giving out trade secrets. I'm just asking your opinion. Yeah. Uh, what What's the most likely uh, 
setups that the Lions are going to be using Sunday against the Eagles? There'll be multiple. I mean, that's what Ben Johnson, he's the new offensive coordinator. And, and, you know, he was looking, he was the tight ends coach before he was elevated to the pass game coordinator midseason last year. So obviously he knows that room better than anybody. And he knows TJ Hawkinson really well. You know, I think what TJ provides the Lions, we saw this in camp, is a little bit of versatility. You know, they'll stand him up. They'll put him in the slot. They put him out wide. You know, they like his ability to, to match up and run routes against a safety, like you said. Or if they want to put a linebacker on him, good luck. Um, <clears throat> so they're going to move him around a lot. I think you're probably going to see 11 more than 12. But, again, you, you just – you really don't know. It's week one. We'll see what the game plan is. Uh, they like Brock Wright over – he's kind of their number two tight end. But more of a blocking guy coming out of Notre Dame. But when Hawkinson was hurt last year, he did show some things in the past game. So they like the room. Um, but yeah, I think they like that receiver core. I think they want to get those guys out on the field, DJ Chark, Josh Reynolds, Amon Ross St. Brown, the slot, you have TJ Hawkinson at tight end and then Deandre Swift in the backfield. Let's, you know, remember that Deandre Swift was leading all running backs in receptions last year before he got hurt on Thanksgiving. So there's another weapon in the past game. So now you've got three wide receivers. You really like you got Amon Ron, the slot who set the franchise record for 90 catches and 912 yards finished the season with six straight games with eight plus catches. That's your slot receiver. You got a pro bowler at tight end. You got Deandre Swift, who was leading all running backs and receptions. And you like what you have in the outside with DJ Chark and re-signing Josh Reynolds. And they haven't even seen Jamison Williams in number 12. Yeah. So that's when it really takes off. When that's when it takes off. But, but yeah. they really like, I think the combination of, of those three receivers, a tight end and a running back. And I think that really stresses the defense because one of those guys is going to be single covered. And if it's Hawkinson, he might have himself a day. So, you know, th that's something that, that the Eagles are going to really have to figure out how they want to attack that. All right, uh, Tim, I want to talk to you about uh, the, the third base for a couple of reasons. One, uh, Dave Bipp, our old friend, is the special teams coordinator out with the Lions. And, Dave's great. Uh, yeah, Dave is great. Uh, Deuce Staley, obviously, is out with the Lions as well. But um, the Eagles aren't very good at special teams. Everybody looks at the Eagles and they say, well, they added A.J. Brown um, on offense. They added all these pieces on defense, Jordan Davis, James Bradbury, Kaiser White, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, on and on and on. That's where those great expectations lie. The Eagles don't have a kick returner. They don't have a punt returner as of yet. They traded Jalen Rager. They had a poor punting game. You guys know Aaron Sipas from training camp. That's where the Eagles found him. You had a Pro Bowl punter, and they sort of battled, uh, and and CPOS obviously lost out. How good are the lines on special teams, and can that be sort of a, a, a surprise where they can sort of leap up in this game, maybe make a big play on special teams? Well, look, Dan Campbell values special teams. I mean, he's almost like Harbaugh in that way. Um, he's very involved in it. It's a big part of practice. There are multiple um, periods in practice with special teams at training camp, and they're long, you know, and they spend a lot of time on it. And you mentioned Jack Fox, you know, a, a Pro Bowl punter. Um, uh, they've got um, – Khalif Raymond, excuse Khalif me. Raymond, yeah. yeah, Khalif Raymond, he was the fourth best punt returner last year. I averaged 11 yards per punt return. They were top 10 in the league in kickoff return. Um, and, and the coverage units are, are really, really good. You know, those bottom roster spots for Dan Campbell, he talks about it all the time. He says those, those last 10 spots, special teams is the difference. 
it's not about, you know, offense, defense. It's it's who gives me the most on special teams. They really value it. And look, as you guys know, I mean, how huge is a is a block kick, a blocked extra point? You know, ask what Florida State was. Ask, ask Green Bay <laughs> last year. I mean, and, that can yeah. make a difference. Ask the Green Bay Packers, you yeah. know, in the playoffs last year, how valuable special teams are. They lost that game to San Francisco yeah. because of the special teams. Those plays are so huge in the course of a game that, um, look – the Lions value it. They they put resources into it, and they've got really good special teams. I think the special teams rankings, they were in the top – I can't remember where they finished. I think they might have been in the top five last year. Yeah. Um, in Rick and Goff. the Eagles were consistently a top ten special when Dave was here. Yeah, and Dave and, was great. And, and yeah. he's got a real good pulse on the roster and, and what guys can do. And they just – they value it here. They, they, they feel it's important, and so they've been good at it and, and – you know, while the offense and defense struggled last year, that was the one thing that the Lions could hang their hat on and they value it. So it's important. All right. Last year, Dave, week eight, the Eagles had lost a bunch of games in a row and then they went into Detroit and they yeah, kind of took did. it out on the Lions, 44 <laughs> to six. And a new Eagle team was basically born, one that was going to go heavy on the run. They did, made it successful, ended up making the playoffs. We had looked at it from the Eagle point of view, which is that was the turning round of the season. The Lions had struggled before. They struggled after. It wasn't as big a turning point of the year, but 44 to 6 and 44 to 6. Is Campbell talked about that at all this week? Is that something he's using as motivation or that was so toxic we don't even refer to it in its locker room come 2022? No, they've talked about it. And and look, it was the 236 rushing yards, a 5.1 average, four touchdowns. Look, the Eagles came in and did whatever they wanted to Detroit. And it was embarrassing. And, and Dan Campbell called it much. Some players have said that. And and actually, though, it, it it's a good thing in a way, you know, obviously, because it spurred from changes. You know, that was the game. The Lions were on their bye the following week. That's when Dan Campbell took over play calling from Anthony Lynn. That's when they elevated Ben Johnson to the pass game corner. That's when they changed some things up defensively. And then you saw down the stretch, they were better, you know, three and three. Um, they, you know, won some games, were in some close games and, and, you know, offensively, they looked a ton better. And, and, and now Ben Johnson's the offensive coordinator. So it did help some things. It spurred some change, which ended up being good change. Um, but again, it was embarrassing. And, and the Lions have, you know, talked about that, that this week that, look, if, if I'm Philadelphia, I'm going to come in and have the same game plan. Why not? Let's let's prove that Detroit that we can stop it. Um, and so it's been talked about now, obviously, every year is so different. As you guys know, the roster changes over 33 yeah. percent, whatever it is. It's a, it's a different team. A third of the guys don't even know about that game. They weren't here. But for those that were here, it was embarrassing. It has been discussed. And the Lions want to make sure that that certainly doesn't happen again and maybe throw a little bit of, of revenge over Philadelphia's way to ruin the start of their season. Well, Tim, uh, one of the issues with the Lions, and I bring this up to Jody, so I want you to tell Jody, we talked about the offensive line at the start, how good a player Frank Ragnow is. Um, I think he got injured week four or week five last year, so he wasn't there. Um now, the Lions weren't winning games. I, I don't want to overstate it, but that's one of the best centers in football. Now, it perked my my ears up when he's not healthy. So if he's not able to go, 
and you don't have Halapuli Bhati Baitai, who we're very familiar with here in Philadelphia, right. um, another starter, that's pretty drastic for week one. How realistic is it that 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 Frank Ragnow may not play, or is he going to be out there? Do you have a feel for that yet? I think we just got to see today. Um, you know, today they got afternoon practice, so obviously the injury report will, will come. I think if Frank's not practicing on a Thursday, that's not a great sign. Um, if he's out there, I think that's a great sign. So really it's just going to have, I'm on a wait and see until yeah. practice type of deal with him. Um, just because I know Frank and I know how tough he is. And if, if he's not practicing on a Thursday before week one with the Eagles and that defensive line and what they did to them last year. And I know Frank was there. You mentioned that, but you know, there's some pride with those guys. They think they're, you know, one of the better units in football. And this is a great opportunity to prove that against a really, really good Eagles defensive front. So I, if Frank's not out there, then he's hurting. So I, guys, it's really kind of just a wait and see for me today. I think just, you know, people in Philadelphia just check the injury report, you know, coaches always say that <laughs> that's legit what it is today because that kind of, that, that was a, a new thing that came about yesterday. Um, so I don't know if he did that during practice yesterday or something that, that that's more recent, but, um, it, it isn't something he's been dealing with through camp. Let's just put it that way. So it, it's kind of a newer thing. We're just going to have to kind of wait and see if, see if he practices on Thursday. Tim, I want to get your feel on lion nation. If there is such a thing, because I host uh, shows here in Philadelphia on the radio, much like my national show. And every once in a while, I'll get a call from an Eagle fan and go, these last four years have been so difficult. Excuse me? Because they've made the playoffs three out of four. All right, they won a Super Bowl in 2017, but oh, 18, 90, 20, 21. So difficult to deal with after living on the the mountain. (laughs) And then you have the Lions. And you talk about a fan base that stands behind its team. The Lions have given their fans very little to cheer about over the last couple years, couple decades their entire existence it's been a long time since the lions have been real good i'm giving them a lot of credit here am i doing them justice should they get the credit i see it's a sellout for week one they're selling standing room only tickets now they how many eagles fans are going to be there though tim how many how many eagles fans are eagles fans there but i'll tell you this it is a passionate group and and you talked about it look they haven't given them a lot to be passionate about but still every year they come every year is the year and i just can't imagine guys you know you went through it in 17 what that super bowl parade you know looked like in philly but look detroit's you know one of the few teams that's never even been to the super bowl before they haven't won a playoff game since 91 it's been a long time right and so Um, they're just so hungry for some success. And if Dan Campbell can provide it, if, if this team can get off to a good start, if, if they can become consistent, the atmosphere here, the atmosphere of Ford Field, just out on the street in Detroit will be so electric because, like you said, it is a very passionate group. Every year they come back. They want this team to win. And if this team gives them something, I just hope I'm around for it because it'll be really right. Well, I think I think everybody in the NFC North is just waiting and waiting, yeah, and waiting for Aaron Rodgers to retire. Aaron was out there chirping again about everybody says it's their year, and then here comes Aaron Rodgers, and Green Bay's got 13 wins. Um, so it's been difficult for the NFC North as a whole. 
but we, we we've had you for a while. We haven't talked about the quarterback. I mean, Jared Goff. Where are the lines with Jared Goff? What what is what is the thought process with him? I think you know around the league. I think the belief he's he's not the long term guy, but they haven't been able to be in a position to get somebody better. What what is the the in house thought process on Jared Goff? Well, this is a big year for Jared Goff. I think this is the year where you'll find out if, if Jared Goff is the long-term solution. Look, Ben Johnson's the new offensive coordinator. He sat down with Jared Goff in the offseason, and they built this entire Lions scheme off things that Jared Goff likes, off things he did really well when in, in 17, 18, when, when he was a pro bowler with Rams. And, and they've kind of built this thing just to, to give – Golf some ownership of it, and look, golf, golf loves it. He's he's really confident. He's had a great training camp, and look, once Ben was elevated last year after the Eagles game, um, Jared Golf was you know three two and one with eleven touchdowns, two interceptions, and a one hundred one point six passer rating. That passer rating was sixth best in the NFL the second half of last year, and that was before some of the weapons that they get. You know, we talked about TJ Hawkins, and that was without TJ. He was hurt. You know, they didn't have DJ Chark. They didn't have swift for five of those games now he's got all those weapons he's got this offensive line hopefully you know at, at least you know four-fifths of it you, you hope but he's been really good in camp you know he loves this offense it's built around him they went out and got him weapons and so look there's no excuses right I mean he's got an offensive line a tight end a run game wide receiver core they're gonna get JMO back um they've done everything to help Jared Goff be successful. And so if Jared Goff isn't successful, then you probably know that, hey, we're, we're going to go a different route. But let's also remember Jared Goff's 27 years old. You know, that, that kind of, you know he's been in the league a long time, still a really young guy, right? Like he's took, taken a team to a Super Bowl. He's won big playoff games. Um, he's had success in this league. And so the Lions are hoping with, with what they've done to, to kind of tailor the offense around him and the weapons that they provided him that he can pick off, pick up, excuse me, right where he left off last year. And, and this offense can be good. And now we are talking about Jared golf. Maybe it's a long-term solution, but really it, it's on Jared golf. This is the year. Um, there's no excuses. He's got the weapons. Um, he's got the line. Everything is provided around him. So now he's got to perform or, you know, they'll have to make decisions afterward. But I would expect Jared Golf to have a pretty good year. He's been really, really crisp in camp. Um, he's been strong. He, he's, he has picked up right where he left off. And, and I would, um, you know, expect him to, uh, to, to be pretty good. And, you know, big test for him week one. We'll see. And pardon me if I'm looking at the dark side of life. But, and if he turns his ankle on the third play of the game – is the unstoppable Nate Sudfeld ready to step in and run that lion offense? Yeah. No, that's a good point by you because that is one of the areas where at least, you know, myself, I think fans have also looked at, you know, there, there's not – they haven't drafted that guy, right? They didn't go get a veteran guy, a $5 million backup that can step in and, you know, has experience winning games. And so that is an area where they do not have depth. Uh, they cannot have an injury to Jared Goff. Um, look, I, Nate Sudfeld just got here. I haven't seen a lot of them. So, um, but look, you, he, have. you have, but he was a backup, right? You know, you're back for a reason. Yeah. Right? He was you a backup know. in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. You, you hope you never see that guy, you know, yeah. and if you do, he can win you a game or two. Um, and look, the Lions didn't have that when Jared Goff missed some time with a rib injury last year. Tim Boyle was 0-3. Um, David Blau, who was here competing with 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 Tim, was 0-5 and 19 when he filled in for Stafford. So they've really yeah. never had that guy that they've 
spent resources on a, a fairly high draft pick. Um, so look, nothing can happen to Jerry golf. That that's certainly uh, the, the, the rule of thumb here in Detroit, you know, somebody has got to walk around with a bubble around them or something. Yeah. Uh, can't slip down the stairs, can't get hurt because th- that is one area where, you know, the lions, I think, you know, have some issues if something happens to Jerry golf. Yeah. Well, they're not the only team. I mean, right. there's a lot of teams that, that would be sunk if they lose their, their number one quarterback. Uh, he is uh, Tim Twentyman at T Twentyman uh, on Twitter, read him at DetroitLions.com um, and pay attention to that injury report. Eagles fans, especially Frank Ragnow. I, I do want to end uh, another Eagles sort of, uh, I don't know if you're aware of this, but Alim McNeil, I want to know how he's doing. He was the sort of there was a kerfuffle in the Eagles draft room that was televised live where Tom Donahue, who was uh, now gone from the organization, maybe due to this kerfuffle, by the way. Uh, that's, that's strong. Yeah. Um, he, he, he wanted a Lim McNeil and the Eagles went with Milton Williams, more of a pass rushing three technique defensive tackle. So anyway, you've got a little bit of play here in Philadelphia. I was wondering for an update on how McNeil is doing with the Lions. Yeah, he was really good as a rookie. You know, he was the, I think, the pro football focus, all rookie team. Um, you know, really strong, athletic guy inside. And interestingly, he played nose almost probably 95% of the time uh, last year. And they've actually moved him out to the three-tech some. And, and they plan to be a little bit versatile with him because they think he's so athletic. I mean, here's a guy who used to play running back and he used to play outfield in baseball, high school baseball. Imagine that guy roaming the outfield, but he's that athletic. <laughs> um, he's a big, large, strong man, but he is um, athletic. And I think he can give them a little bit of pass rush prowess from the interior. So, you know, they're moving him around a little bit. He had a good rookie year. Uh, you guys know just as well as me that usually the biggest leap a player takes is from that first year to second year when the game slows down and they get comfortable and you know they like where the trajectory leans on um they're going to move him around a little bit and they think you know he, he can be a force inside and, and when you pair that with Aiden Hutchinson on the outside and Charles Harris who had seven and a half sacks last year Michael Brockers is a vet guy you know that's one area where the lines on the defensive side of the ball feel pretty good about they got questions about linebacker we talked about the secondary there's questions there but the defensive line and, and Aleem being part of that, that's one area the Lions really think they got something defensively. All right, Timmy, last thing. And again, we're asking for some state secrets here, which are kept well under wraps in Philadelphia, but might be, <laughs> might be available in Detroit. If a big play is made by Rodrigo on defense, yeah. will they be blaring salsa movement in the state music in the stadium on Sunday. Cause to me, that was as big a highlight as hard knocks as anything else. That kid can dance. He can play football too, but he can dance. Will that become a Detroit lion thing on Sundays this year? Oh, I think they got to come up with something, right? They got to come up with some kind of salsa something. And look, after the last hard knocks episode, if he becomes really good, if he becomes a guy that becomes a staple on that defense, look, uh, cowboy hats and cowboy boots might make a return in Detroit. You just don't know. <laughs> well, but but I would I would I would expect um, he's become kind of a face of that defense, at least a young one, with how he's played. 
look, a six-round draft pick who yeah, I expect him to start Sunday and, and play wow. lunch. He's He's been that good. And so you know, I, I'd love to maybe see him get a sack, see what that that celebration dances, see if he incorporates that into the dance. And, and then, the, the you know, the, the stadium guys can get the uh, music uh, keyed up to it. I think that'd be good. I, I like where you're at there. I'm going to suggest that to the stadium guys. There you go. <laughs> and that's something I think we can share ahead of time. That doesn't need to be kept under wraps. Timmy, good stuff. We appreciate greatly you're coming on. Thank you very much. Uh, have a good season. John may see you in the press box on Sunday. Thanks for jumping on today. Sounds good. Safe travels, John. Thanks, that Tim. That is Tim Twentyman from uh, DetroitLions.com. And like I said, did a really nice job previewing the Lions for me on my t- uh, radio show. I thought he'd be good for us. I think I was correct. We appreciate Tim jumping aboard here with us on Birds 365. All right, John McMone, Jody McDonald, you know what we got to do. Put a bow on the show. Come back next. My wife was in an accident that changed our lives forever. She was in rehabilitation for years. She had to learn to walk again. She couldn't take care of herself. We couldn't afford a nurse. We were running out of options. One conversation with Pond Lee Hockey changed everything. They understood what we were going through and immediately helped us navigate the legal process. We can't thank them enough. Pond Lee Hockey. Tell us your story. Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. It's the number one news at 10 p.m. Action news on PHL 17. Join Shari Williams, Gray Hall, Deuces Rogers, and meteorologist Adam Joseph for all the big stories at a time that's right for you. Action news at 10 p.m. on PHL 17. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say... But as I always say... It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears.
John McMullen and Jody McDonald, your Mega Mac Bird Street 65 guys. Uh, coming down the home stretch here. Thanks, Tim Twentyman, for hopping on board. And Glenn Mack now uh, giving us a look ahead to not only, in Glenn's case, uh, the Friday, uh, Sunday game against the Lions, but the entire season. So I want to double down and finish on that with you, Johnny Mack. Do you have the Eagles schedule handy? No, but I can pop it up. Can you pop that up for me quickly? Because I have a first half specific Eagles question for you. Uh, we'll wait for tomorrow to look at the second half before uh, we we uh, preview the entire season. But first half Eagles schedule. What home game scares you the most? The team that uh, can come in and beat <clears throat> the Eagles on their own turf. Um are we talking about, uh, uh, I would say, probably uh, for the Cowboys and Vikings, uh, I'm wavering. I, I guess the Cowboys. I, I don't know what Minnesota is going to be. But I, I do look at Minnesota's skill talent. Like I just talked about the skill talent, which Tim talked it up. Look, I mean, they don't have Jefferson. They don't have Thielen. They don't have K.J. Osborne. Irv Smith, Dalvin Cook. Minnesota has a lot of skill position talent. But Dallas, yeah, Dallas is the rival. Dallas is the team the Eagles have to overcome. So I would lean towards Dallas. The first eight games, for those of you who don't have the Eagles in schedule in front of you, the Eagles play four home games, four road games. Uh, so that's your first half. And the four home games are the Jaguars, the Steelers, who are going to, I think, still be figuring out. As a matter of fact, it may be the last of Mitch Trubisky when the Steelers come in here. If the Eagles yeah, bye down week. on you the Steelers that yesterday, yeah. the next week is the bye week, and that could be the change to the Steelers. So, um, and Dallas and Minnesota, the Vikings actually scare me more than the Cowboys do. I I think that the Vikings offense could present some issues for the Eagles defense. They don't have a good offensive line though. That plays into it as well. Uh, they've had skill position talent for years now, and they just have had a bad offensive line. Now it's getting better. They got Darisaw, who looks like he's going to be a player at left tackle. He was a first-round pick last year. But their center is terrible, Garrett Bradbury. Um, their right guard, they're playing a rookie. So they they do have that skill position. And that's why I say Minnesota is one of those teams that I think could be really good if things fit. And the coaching is part of that as well because they have a rookie head coach, or they could be bad. They could be really bad. It can go. It could go both directions. How do you like that Cowboy offensive line? Good point. They got, Ch- they got Jason was. Peters plugging in. How not good could they be? Was, um, but they do still have a Hall of Fame player. I mean, Zach Martin's one of the Martin's best. very good. Uh, My favorite Martin. I get it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's he's a Hall of Fame player. Um, so you really you're think right. So? Oh, Zach Martin. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. First ballot. No doubt. I think about he's very it. good. I don't know about a hall of fame. Yeah. You think he's a better offensive lineman, Jason Kelsey? Oh yeah. No, I that, really. Yeah. yeah. Not even close. That's it. That's Eagles glasses there. I'm going to look up Zach real quick. Zach is. Yeah. I mean, he's seven time all pro, not pro bowler. All pro. Um, I mean, he's 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 all decade. 
kind kind of guy. Okay. He's yeah. he's um he's already made one all day. He actually already has. He's on the 2010 All Decades team. Yeah, um, he's a great player. One one of the best offensive linemen of this generation in the conversation for being the best. Fair enough. He, he's tremendous. I think the Eagles can win all four of their home games in the first half of the season. Second half gets a little tougher. You know, I've got the Eagles. I, I moved to 12 yesterday, John, from 11. I'd been sitting at 11 all offseason, and I got to 12. I think the 12-game winning season will include a three-game losing streak. That's not easy to do. To win 12 games and lose three in a row. I got them losing three in a row in November. So prior to is going to be real good. Finishing off is going to be real good. They got a tough November ahead. We'll get into this more tomorrow. Uh, Partner, you got more Regal duties today? Yeah, heading down there as soon as I get off with you, Jody. Sounds good. We know we're going to have game day crats tomorrow, correct? Uh, yeah, I'm going to lock it down with them today, but uh, I would think so. All right. Um, Eddie K will be with us, and we'll uh, figure out a, yeah, another guest for you. Yeah, we're going to get officially on the record. I don't think I'm going to change. I think I'm staying at 12 and 5. But we'll make uh, Johnny Mack give us his hard and fast number and how far the Eagles will get in the playoffs. We appreciate it, everybody who streamed in today. Like, share, and uh, subscribe before you get out of Dodge. Uh, you got uh, our buddy Rick Saratella coming up next. John McMullen, Jordy McDonald, be back tomorrow in 2 and 2. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe, and we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.